It is a day that lives in infamy. The attack on Pearl Harbor happened on this day in 1941, and we're going to talk about it on This Is Today. Welcome to This Is Today, the podcast that features the stories that make this day unique. It's Monday, December 7th, 2020. I'm Russ, and here's what you need to know about today. Well, first of all, it's it's Green Monday. That is one of the days that we're observing today. Green Monday was basically made up by eBay as a day where it's the biggest online sales for the month of December. So uh, if you're buying something online today, you're not alone. There's a bunch of people doing it today. I guess it's because, you know, we're far enough away for you get to, you know, you get the free shipping. Uh, it's a Monday, so you're doing it while you're working and not actually working. You know, I get it. Okay. So uh, yeah, Green Monday today. It's also International Civil Aviation Day for those amateur pilots out there. It's National Cotton Candy Day as well. And I find that that is so weird to have that in December. That really seems like a summer holiday, doesn't it? Like something we should celebrate in the middle of summer. That's when I think cotton candy. I don't exactly think, um, you know, snow. <laughs> that's that's not that's not right, I, I, I don't think. I mean, actually when I think cotton candy, I think circus, but uh, I also don't think circus in December. So there you go. I, I don't know why they picked uh, today as cotton candy day, but happy uh, cotton candy day. Good luck trying to find it. <laughs> it's a National Letter Writing Day as well. So uh, maybe, you know, you could write somebody a letter or write me a letter. Hey, you could do that. I'm not going to give you my address. So um, just guess. Um, maybe I'll get it. And if I do, then that'll be really crazy. Uh, what a coincidence, right? Um, it's also National Pearl Harbor Day of Remembrance. And we're going to learn more about that later in the show. I have a fellow podcaster coming in to uh, talk about Pearl Harbor, and we'll share kind of some of the background of why it happened, when it happened, and uh, the aftermath of what happened on that day. But first, let's take a look at some of our other events for today. All right, back on uh, this day in 1990, uh, Ted Turner and Jane Fonda announced their engagement. They would get married a year later, almost, uh, on December 21st, 1991. They were married for 10 years. Uh, this was Fonda's third marriage, also Turner's third marriage. So, you know, what could go wrong, right? Third marriage. Third time's a charm. Three strikes, you're out. Who knows? Uh, Ted Turner actually did not get married again. Uh, he actually <laughs> revealed on CNN that uh, he has four girlfriends. At least this was uh, back in 2013. He said that that was easier than being married. All right. In this day, in 1994, radio personality, uh, you know, the shock jock, Howard Stern, got a phone call from Emilio Bonilla. He's a 29-year-old who was in the middle of George Washington Bridge. He had just climbed over the railing, and he decided to call Howard Stern before he jumped. Uh, Howard Stern talked him off the ledge, essentially. Uh, he said that once he determined that it was a jumper, he said that he had to keep the man laughing until the cops got there. And that's pretty much what he did. He also said, who better to help someone who is psychologically disturbed than Howard Stern, who himself is psychologically disturbed. Uh, he said it himself. So yeah, <laughs> he is. Uh, yeah, you know what? Howard Stern, he's known as a shock jock, but he has done a lot of great things in, in media. And uh, you should probably check out, if you haven't 
watched Private Parts. It's actually a pretty interesting movie and insight into uh, the brain of Howard Stern. All right. And last year, President Donald Trump said that we're flushing our toilets too many times. Yeah. <laughs> he said this to the EPA that uh, they need to look into the amount of times that people are flushing their, their toilets. They, he said he was doing it 10, 15 times as opposed to once. Um, maybe this was the cause of that toilet paper shortage that we had earlier this year. I don't know. I'm still looking for a cause for that. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, when we come back, uh, we are going to discuss the, the big event of the day, which was Pearl Harbor. And uh, I am joined by Casey Daniel from the Who's Your Dev podcast. And who will be joining me right after this. All right, and welcome back. So as I mentioned, this is December 7th. December 7th, 1941 was the attack on Pearl Harbor. So I always wondered when I was a kid, I was like, oh, you know, Japan attacked Pearl Harbor. Well, just before that, we were allies in World War One. So what happened? Well, not to get overly complicated here, because it is a complicated story. Basically, things changed in Japan, especially during the Great Depression. Since they're an island nation and they depend on imports of natural uh, resources, the Depression began and nobody wanted to give away their resources. They wanted to keep them. So this hurt Japan. So what did they have to do? Well, they had to go invade someone. And who did they pick? They picked China, who was also an ally of ours. And we didn't like that, but we didn't like it enough to go to war. So what we did was we did sanctions against Japan. Those sanctions were pretty basic stuff at first. And then it went to oil in July of 1941. And that was a little bit overboard, apparently. Uh, that really hurt them and it hurt their military pursuits. So Admiral Yamamoto, commander-in-chief of the Japanese Combined Fleet, devised the bold plan of an attack against the U.S. and British islands in the Pacific. The hope for Japan was that the U.S. would not be able to fight on two fronts. They would be able to fight, you know, one of the two, and they would choose Europe to defend their other allies. Well, that obviously didn't work out for Japan, but we now know the plan and a little bit of the history on this. I don't want to discuss this all by myself. Instead, I'm going to bring in Casey Daniel. Hey, Casey, how are you? Not too bad. How about you? I'm doing all right. Thanks for uh, jumping in. You're also a podcaster. You host the uh, podcast, Who's Your Dev, that is coming out pretty soon here. So, I, And you also, you love uh, World War II and the history behind it and all of that. So I figured I'd bring you in and, and we could chat a little about it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to this one. Pearl Harbor. Just, I can't imagine being there that morning. And seeing these planes just coming in out of nowhere and, and you know, you've got a peaceful Hawaiian morning and all of a sudden this is happening. It's absolutely fascinating because like they, there were early radar signals uh, showing mass amounts of airplanes and no, and no one was just like, no, this can't be true. Why would this be true? <laughs> right. So they ignored it and they, it went to the Pentagon, but the Pentagon was just like, no, this can't be true. And so nothing was done to get ready for this attack, even though they had the warning signals. 
Yeah, well, you know, to see it on radar and and thinking about that, it, it was so far out of their minds that anything would happen because we we didn't declare war. We weren't at war with anyone. So. Yeah, well, and it, 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 it's not that they thought they were planes there. They just thought the radar was broken because there was no way there was this <laughs> right. massive fleet of planes because nobody had spotted the carriers. So there was no reason for there to be planes because like you can't just fly across the Pacific in 1941. And, right, and, and, and those uh, aircraft carriers kind of intentionally took routes outside of the shipping channels and whatnot so that they wouldn't be seen until the last minute, right? Oh, yeah. It was a huge plan to cover it up because the the admiral, whose name I'm not going to butcher, uh, didn't want to go to war with the states. He saw the industrialization that was happening in the states and felt that Japan was going to lose against that. And he's just, if we're going to do this, we only got one shot, and it is to absolutely decimate the U.S. Navy. That's the only way that's going to work. So we had a surprise attack. We had nearly 2,400 dead. We had the Arizona sunk to the bottom of the sea. Uh, we had other ships crippled. We also had a speech, an amazing speech that was delivered on the next day. Let's take a listen. Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy, the United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. Yeah, the, the day that will live in infamy. That line right there, I think, just sums up <laughs> Pearl Harbor. And that just pushes this into, uh, into our brains. Uh, you know, what's interesting about that speech, uh, I, I did a little, you know, looking into the speech. So at, at 147 on the 7th in Washington, Franklin Delano Roosevelt was sitting in his private study working on his stamp collection. He receives a phone call from the Secretary of Navy, and he tells the president that Pearl Harbor's under attack. The president yells out, no. And I'm, I'm you know, I don't know if he actually sounded that way, but, you know, I'll just go with it. Uh, as, as he continued uh, to get updates, he began to write that address to the nation. He called in his, uh, the presidential secretary, Grace Tolley, and she was ready to take dictation. He took a long drag on a cigarette, which also is a sign of the times there, right? He leaned back in the chair and he just began to recite the speech. He dictated the, almost the whole speech without interruption, which is pretty amazing when you think, you know, it's 2020 and we're still talking about this speech. So she went in, she typed it up. He edited himself in pencil and the word infamy, it was actually, they had the word history in there. <laughs> they changed it to infamy. He changed that in pencil and wrote that into the speech. Now, his advisors had actually written a much longer speech. It was 17 pages and went into the history and all of that of U.S. and Japan relations. And he decided, like, no, that's not the speech I'm going to use because he chose this speech because basically it, he wanted to tell people that the United States had been wronged. We've been wronged. And we're going to fight back and we're going to win. And that's, you know, the, the gist of that speech. And it's just, it's an amazing speech. And to think that he just dictated that while sitting <laughs> in a chair, yeah, the whole thing, it's just amazing. Well, and like, he didn't have an easy feat trying to come up with this speech because, you know, he, he had been wanting to get involved in Europe for ages. You know, Churchill had been basically begging him, but the will of the American people just wasn't there. And so I think one of the reasons why the impact is so apparent is because this is what dragged the states into the world war. It, it It's that turning point right. that 
you know, a little bit of related history that I find absolutely interesting is that Roosevelt wanted to get involved with the war, but couldn't politically. So he did everything he could without declaring war. And one of the, the famous things he did was he would fly planes to the Canadian border and call up Prime Minister King at the time and say, hey, there's some planes sitting on my side of the border. I'm just going to turn around and not look at them for a few years. <laughs> just so you know. And so we would drag the planes across the border and then fly them mm-hmm. for training and for combat missions. <laughs> and th- this was his way of supporting the war effort without getting involved. You can see why. I mean, we had just lost so much in the first war. Uh, you could see why the Americans, you know, it was a tough sell to get us to go into oh, this yeah. war. Yeah. They, they looked at the desolation of, of Europe after World War One and, and went, no, we want nothing to do with that. And I, yeah. And I don't think that's a wrong stance to take after after what had happened. No, I, I don't at all. Uh, the interesting thing, yeah, you, you mentioned it's a turning point. And, and, you know, if you look at it, it really took us from this kind of isolationist nation to really, it turned us into the global superpower that we are now. Oh, yeah. Like, like that, that's the route. That's the foundation of the superpower that the states that the states became post World War II and the Cold War. A lot of it had to do with the fact that they were politically involved with everything in the peace treaty without having any of the economic impact. Mm-hmm. So Europe afterwards was just like, okay, now we need to rebuild an entire continent again. Right. Again. Again. Yeah. And and it wasn't <laughs> and, there wasn't that much time in between. That's the crazy thing about it. No. I I I just find the entire event boggling as well because you know, you had the admiral who wanted nothing to do with this, but kind of had his hand forced. Mm-hmm. And, you know, shortly after the battle midway, you know, the they, they had an absolutely desolated fleet that they right. surprised attack. And then the Americans managed to surprise attack the Japan at midway. Yeah, I think that was six months later to, to see that type of turnaround in six months. It's yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I've got to mention. Uh, so this, you know, obviously it happened to Pearl Harbor, which is in Hawaii. There is a Pearl Harbor aviation museum. It, it's now open to the public. Uh, I actually talked to the the curator a couple of days ago and, uh, you know, they would love to be on the program. We'll get them in here at some point. Um, but I did want to mention that it's now open to the public. They're following all of the CDC recommendations. They're committed to ensuring the health and safety for all of the visitors, the volunteers, the staffs. So if you are, you know, you're having to travel to Hawaii, the aviation museum is a must see. Now, you know, of course, you're going to go tour the USS Arizona and, you know, the the, the uh, memorial that they set up there. But definitely uh, visit the uh, Pearl Harbor Aviation Museum. You can check it out at pearlharboraviationmuseum.org. And I'll, I'll put a link to that in the uh, description to the podcast as well. Well, that just made my bucket list. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's definitely something that sounds exciting. I haven't uh, I, I haven't been myself, but uh I've been meaning to to get myself over to Hawaii. Once this whole uh, COVID thing is done, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, there's so many things yeah. that are on my bucket list now after all of this, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, let's tell people a little about uh, your podcast, and it, it, I'm going to surprise everyone. A big spoiler here: it's not about World War II. No, I just happen to be an uh, I'm an <laughs> aviation nut and I'm a history nut. Those are just completely unrelated. Uh, so <laughs> I'm actually a mobile software developer. And Who's Your Dev is going to be focused on mobile software development and real stories and real app development. 
not just little bits and pieces here and there, but how things are done in the real world. Hey, uh, thanks for, for jumping in and, and helping me out on this show. Uh, I'd love to have you back. Yeah, absolutely. Any any aviation or World War II history, I'm more than happy to jump back. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right. Hey, let's take a look at our birthdays for today. Yasiel Puig turns 30 today. Emily Browning is 32. Sarah Bareilles is 41. Aaron Carter is 33. Larry Bird is 64. C. Thomas Howell is 54. And Nicole Appleton is 46. That's your look at December 7th. Thanks for listening to This Is Today. We do our best to pull together all the correct information. If we made a mistake and you heard it, you're super smart and we're super sorry. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a five star if you think we deserve it. If you'd like to make sure that we cover something on a future episode, let us know. Just go to This Is Today podcast podcast.com to make suggestions, give us feedback, and see our other podcasts. And don't forget, the links to the Aviation Museum are in the description of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed learning about today. I'm Russ, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.